0: Welcome to The Dr. Dionne Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion show. I'm really excited. I'm talking to Miss Yvonne Moore today. Her energy, her personality is contagious, it's infectious, it's amazing, and I just love talking to her. And and I bet in, in in the line of business that you do, it's great to have that kind of attitude. So Yvonne is actually a principal philanthropic advisor for more philanthropy. She has worked with major people um, and, com- and families, including Disney, Hauser. And she basically, in a nutshell, helps people and also families put their wealth to good means. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Perfect assessment, thank you. Okay, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on today, Yvonne, how are you? I'm well. Thank you for the opportunity. This is amazing. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And so I just kind of gave the, um, the, the the listeners a little synopsis of what you do. So can you go into a little more detail? What exactly do you do? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think you summed it up well, is that um, folks from all walks of life want to do good with, whether they consider it their blessings, their largesse, um, or whatever resources they have. And I try to help them put that to use. I try to help them figure out, fund always from a position of passion and values, because I think if you fund what you believe in, you fund it longer and you fund it for the change that needs to happen. Mm. Um, remind people that you don't have to be what we consider wealthy in order to be a philanthropist. Yes. Philanthropist, I believe, philanthropy, I believe, is about motivation and intent however you choose to invest, whether you want to give someone a grant, whether you want to give someone, you want to invest, um, for, you know, return on your investment. It doesn't matter. It's about motivation and intent and what your end game is. Are you trying to do good? Are you trying to make positive change? Are you trying to help? So I try to direct folks, um, advise them, give them ideas. um, Give them the confidence. I think it's a blessing to be able to do it at whatever level you give. And I try to take the fun out of this fun, you know, keep the fun in dysfunctional. Uh-huh. Um, I love that. With family. So yeah. So so for people who are just new to this whole this whole notion of philanthropy, what is what is a a basic a basic definition of it? you know what it's very easy philanthropy is love of humankind it's Mm. not rocket science it's not it's not complicated it's simply love and if you actually you know a lot of people use the biblical definition of love so corinthians 13 love you know if it's it's doing to others as you would have them doing to you it's super simple yes it looks like however you think it ought to look Mm -hmm. um but when you think about the concept of love, you know, there's no power. Um, there's no lording over someone else. Mm. There's no doing it the way you want to do it because you want to do it that way. You want to actually find out what's the best way to do something. You want to find out exactly what the problem is, right? So when you fund from a position of love, it looks philanthropy looks very, very different. But it's plain and simple. Love of mankind, love of humankind. I love that. I love that. I'm going to ask you how you got, how you got into that, but you just raised a, a point that I want to address. So do you encounter people? So for example, I've done work with nonprofits. And so in my business there, they, they're, there's always this mission. Often it's a CEO that has you know, a huge heart. that really wants to give back to a particular community, but doesn't necessarily, under, doesn't necessarily understand the community itself. And so rather than kind of just sitting back and, and learning from, um, What's, what's, what's being shown to you by the community. Um, and, and instead, there's an there's a, there's a imposition. They're, 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 they're imposing their, 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 their beliefs on how this thing should go and, and, and what they need. So do you encounter that in, in, your, in your business? I'd love to, for you to talk about that. Oh, that's an understatement. I do, and actually, you know what? If, if I'm honest, I myself have to, I have to watch my own self because mm-hmm. I work a lot on the continent of Africa. And, um, first of all, so yeah, there's, there's a power dynamic. Anytime that you have something that someone else needs, there's a power dynamic, right? It's inherent. Mm. And so that's why I'm always going back to motivation and intent. What is your actual motivation and what is your actual intent? Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, you can't problem solve or you can't fund in a way that's going to have, people love to use the word impact. Yes. People love impact and they love the word sustainability, but you can't fund that for those things or for those end games if you, if you don't know what the problem is. And I have learned, I've learned so much more from what I call my grantee partners or the nonprofits that we invest in. I've learned so much more from them than I ever learned in school and that I've ever learned from being a philanthropist or being a donor or helping other donors. Wow the way that they and and, you know it's it's I think also I mean usually they're you know we're talking about serving communities that are marginalized or they're vulnerable and I've I've heard colleagues one of the things that really really bugs me and I definitely say something is I don't like the way we often talk about poor people. We talk about them as though they're idiots. Yes. And I tell people I don't know anybody who knows how to manage money better than a person that doesn't have any. Interesting. So just pause and just listen. Uh-huh. And I mean you will be amazed at the things that you learn and that you find. I myself am not a person of wealth, but I have resources. I understand my privilege. I understand my own bias. Yes. I have to call myself on things. I am I'm constantly learning. I've done, you know, visits with nonprofits to see how it's going and see how they've been using the investments. Mm-hmm. and i'll say something and i'll be immediately checked and i'm like oh my gosh vaughn you just did you just did that right you just you just said the thing that is as completely- a black as a black woman as I'm a black, black woman living yeah. in america as a <laughs> exactly as a black and so i think we have to understand our privilege we have to understand our bias i mean once you i mean and privilege is a funny thing because when you go to, if you have the opportunity to go to school and get a higher education, you you're you're at a level of privilege that some folks have, right? So we awesome. think of it as cash, we think of it as wealth. Privilege looks very different in very, in different communities. So the the fact that I'm actually able to influence folks of wealth or influence you know institutions of wealth, that's a that's a place of privilege, and I need Absolutely. to understand that. Yes. So constantly trying to figure those things out, but I've never. I feel like I learned more from my grantee partners than any, any, anyone else. I love that. And so and I, and I pointed out the fact that you're a black woman, like I am as well, because there's this idea, there's this notion um, that we are exempt from, from, from being biased about any other culture, even people are with our own culture. And, and that's not to say, that's not to erase any other isms that happen like racism and so on, but it's important for us to be cognizant, and I, I preach this all the time in my work, that regardless of who you are, we, we have inherent biases. And so it's great that we can look at ourselves. Um, it's great that you can look at yourself and you can say, you know what? Oh, I made a mistake. Let me, let me, let me start again. Let me, let, me, let me apologize. But I wanted to talk to you a, a little more about that because you just declared that you're, that you're not uh, wealthy yourself. Um, but I did say at the top of this, of this show that you have an infectious personality. You're amazing. You're awesome. So I'm, I, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out why do people come to you? Like the for example, the Disney is no joke. <laughs> so right. why 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 did the Disney family, Disney Houser family, why do they why did they trust you? With their you money? know, so um, so first of all, I try to practice what I preach. I'm not a person of wealth, but I definitely give. I actually was astounded when I when I sat down with my tax advisor. I was actually astounded at how much I gave last year myself. So yeah. I try to. Pr- I preach, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, wealth is when the money's working for you versus you working for the money, right? That's the that's the standard definition. Yes, but you know, I connected with um, Abby Disney and Pierre Hauser. I mean, just a beautiful family. Mm -hmm. Um, About fifteen years ago now, wow. Um, And it's so funny because I responded to a very tiny ad in the Chronicle of Philanthropy, and Mm -hmm. I think it was indicative of their personalities. It was very brief. It was like someone with a social service background must love children, and I'm pretty sure they said must love animals, right? So I gravitated to that because, again, motivation and intent, how do you prioritize what's important to you? Family, right? That was the first thing that I read from the posting. Mm. Anyway, I applied and interviewed several times and connected with them, and my role with the family just grew. You know, from a historical standpoint, um, her grandfather and Walt were brothers and started what we now know as the Disney family or the the industry, um, or the corporation. But I always love, and she shared this story, actually, when we were on a site visit. I always love telling the part about the fact that they, Walt and Roy, actually received a loan from her grandmother to start Disney. Really? I remember it was a $3,000 loan to start the company. And she shared that story one time with um, some grantee partners that we were visiting with up in the Bronx. Uh And... That story made me pause because, again, it's reflective of motivation and intent. What you can do, it's not about the amount, it's about the way you approach your giving. Yes. So they remain a client. They were my first official client when I launched my firm. Uh-huh. And I was able to continue the work that I started with them. Um, but yeah I, I, yeah they're a lovely family and a perfect example. Every family has their crazy, including my own and I always tell people that right family is complicated period right uh-huh. But then we throw something into it you know whether it's wealth or illness or whatever it is, it makes things a little bit more complicated. Yes. Um, but it's nothing that you can't, you can't work through. And again, keeping the fun. In. There. And then not to mention, so you, you do have a social services background too, right? So you worked with you worked with um, um, well, you can, you can share, so I think that like, that yeah, ties into what you're doing, for sure. I do, and and that's actually what, it's funny because that's actually what drove me to philanthropy. I spent the first 10 years after undergraduate school working in child support enforcement, DWI license revocation, wow. and child neglect. And by year 10, I was pretty cooked. Wow. And so I remember visiting a child, um, at his foster home and I left him on the roof of the foster home because, you know, I followed him all around the backyard. I was going on vacation and I wanted to do some, you know, some business with my kids right before I left, check in with them, let them know that I was gone, but I'd be back. Um, and I thought to myself, when I got in my car, I can't do this anymore. I said, I've got to figure out a way Mm. to get the resources that, Folks on the ground need, and when I say on the ground, I mean people who are in the field every day doing this work. And while those 10 years were emotionally exhausting, I don't regret a single moment because I hope and I think that it makes me, in fact, I know it makes me a better philanthropist and a better advisor because I truly understand what nonprofits are going through. I think that if a majority of us in the philanthropic sector worked in Nonprofit, a nonprofit organization a charitable organization doing doing direct services there would be so many conversations that we things that we argue about would mm-hmm. be non-starters we would never have this it's now going on a 40-year conversation around what we call general operating support or core support just giving an organization the money that they need and let them spend it the way they need to spend it yes some of these conversations would be completely out because we'd already understand. Mm-hmm. Like I have no problem. I advocate for those things, things like general operating support, things that help, you know, advocacy funding, things that move systemic change. So that's how I came to this work. Um, I came to this work because I was trying to figure out how can I get money to my grantee partners on the ground. Mm-hmm. I tried fundraising. Not my not my strong suit. I'm, I'm, an <laughs> I'm an introvert by nature. I love talking about my work. But and and so I you know 18 years ago I, I've worked for my firm very first family foundation the Klingenstein family foundation here in New York. Uh-huh. um That's where I got my start and I've been ever since. So awesome and I I can't believe that you're an introvert. I don't I don't I don't know about that. But um I know I know and it's so funny because it took me into it, it wasn't until grad school I figured out that I'm not crazy I'm just me. Yes. But it was and that's. And it's so funny because yeah, I, did this, okay. you know, I did this I did this workbook about, you know, do what you are. And it was so ironic that philanthropy was actually on the list of things that actually might be a good job for me, a good career. Interesting. But, I, but it also helped me understand my personality, how I work best, all those things. So, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Okay, so I, I am a person who's got money to burn in my pockets. I have a... Um, and I want. I want to do something with my with my money. I don't know what I want to do. How would you advise me? And my other question is, do people when they come to you, do they Do they? Do they normally already have a a, a um. A, a, what's it called? A, a mission in mind, or do you actually help them to come to the uh, to come to a place where they can decide to 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 give their money? It's so funny. So first, people. I f- I found that people. May not think that they have a mission in mind, but if you look back over the work that they've that, that they've given to, whether it's just a, a donation at Christmas or a holidays, you actually find that there's a pattern. Mm. Because I think people fund it's a, it's a very personal thing. They fund things that triggers yes um, triggers for them. They fund those things, and so they may not think they know, but the more you talk to them and get to know them, there actually is a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so actually first thing that I would ask someone is, you know, tell me about your hobbies. What do you do for fun? What actually bothers you? What do you think about when you wake up in the morning time? What's the first thing you think about in the morning time? What's the last thing you think about at night? Right? When you're, you know, sitting at your desk or, you know, you're having coffee or you're daydreaming while you're trying to, you know, bathe your child, whatever. Uh What do you think about what comes across your mind? Yes. Because I think that if, um, First of all, I think that a lot of the change that people want to see, the impact, the sustainability, the change, uh, those things take time. They're usually not things that can be solved overnight. Yes. And so if you're going to invest your money and sometimes your time and your talent, it needs to be something you're passionate about. and It needs to be something you're game to stay with for the long term. Because <laughs> I, I use Abby and Pierre, I, I use them as an example. Um, no matter what Abby, no matter what they fund, Abby and Pierre, there's an underlying theme around the empowerment of women and girls, right? There is mm-hmm. an underlying theme around empowering or equipping marginalized communities, just giving. And when I say empowering, that's a very, it's a word I'm not super fond of because folks are usually empowered. It's usually the power's been taken, but they're very much about, there's always a strand, you know, through giving folks just what they need to do what they do. Right, I'll never forget, she Actually, um, Abby mentioned one time, there's a grantee that we had, um, single woman operation doing amazing work in HIV and AIDS in communities of color. And we give her this money to do what she does, right? That's, that, that was it, because she was constantly working, she was constantly making change. To this day, um, Suki Ports is her name. She is, is, Suki, I don't think she's quite 80. Uh huh. So, oh, wow. As, and I do. And she's still fighting for women of color and folks of color with AIDS. So, just giving people, you know, finding out where they are, what's what's important to them, what they do, because they'll stay with it, they'll stick with it, they'll enjoy it. Yes. And they'll actually tell other people about it, right? So, mm. none of us can do this work alone, whether it's philanthropy, business, you know, not we all have to work together to do this. It's so, right. the more exciting are about your philanthropy the more you'll tell other people about it yes absolutely i love that and so 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 i would come to you and say i'm say i have use that example uh hiv aids as as a mission or as an interest so so you would find a nonprofit that caters to um that caters to the to the to the to the um, issue that i want to help support and then and then you do it in tandem or is it just something completely separate or is it both So what i do is i'd actually unpack that a little bit because i actually had a client that talked to me about voting rights it was it was it was both exciting and scary because we got on the board meeting and they were like we want to fund voting rights and i was like okay now that's a big issue let's talk about the breadth and depth of that and so i'd help you break it down a little bit do you Mm want to focus on folks of color right because aids voting rights those are things that you know impact multiple communities? Do you want to focus on women? Do you want to focus on kids? Do you want to focus on men? Right? So I'd help you break it down a little bit, especially depending on the amount of the investment, because again, it doesn't matter the size, but I want every investment to have the impact. Mm -hmm. And so we break it down a little bit. Do you want to fund close to home? Maybe you can visit and talk to them. Do you want to fund in another country? So I'd give you, you know, I'd give you options. I'd ask you a few questions, then I'd come back to you with some options about what that actually might look like. And then yes, I would definitely identify some organizations. I think that's actually one of the things, to my credit, that makes me um, a great advisor is that I think about both the the donor and the grantee partner. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly connecting with and learning about really great organizations. And so um, sometimes I have to reach research, but I have a lot of colleagues in the sector. And sometimes I already know people immediately. So i help you unpack it a little bit figure out exactly what direction you want to start. And then I I'd identify a couple of organizations. I love that. I love that. And then, yeah. and then, and then you also mentioned not even just different country. I mean, you go to the continent of Africa. So how does that, how, how did you establish those connections? And, 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 and tell me, tell, tell me about that. Cause that's you know, it's awesome. funny. Again, it was, it was with my work with Abby and Pierre. And it's so funny because when I was, I'll never forget. Um, and, and this is, it's amazing how fear can, can dominate your life. I have always wanted to work in international affairs. And I remember the very first semester on my campus in undergrad, I literally went over to the exchange office and I was like, this is my freshman year. Now, you usually don't do your junior, you know, exchange till your junior year. But I was like, I want to prepare now for my junior (laughs) year abroad. So, can we kind of talk about like what that might look like? Fast forward to the junior year, I was scared to death. I never even applied to go. So, you know, God is good i is literally was sitting at my desk, and I had a call from Abby, and she's like, "We know you're super busy with the foundation, but we're, you know, we're ready. We want to, we want to fund internationally. So I got a consultant to kind of help you, you know, do this work, navigate this work." And I was just quiet for a minute. Wow. Like, okay, that was actually I think in two thousand and seven or eight. Okay. And so I did my first trip to the continent in two thousand and eight or nine. Two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been going ever since. And I just started the way that I knew to go, right? It's learning and research. Um, yes. We'd actually been working on a documentary in the office, um, Abby's Film Company. We'd actually been working on a documentary called Pray the Devil Back to Hell about the women's movement in Liberia. And so I've been doing- What's it called? Sorry? Oh, it's called Pray the Devil Back to Hell. Pray the Devil Back to Hell. Ooh. Exactly. Ooh. I know. It's a powerful- Wow. And it actually comes from the lead activist in the movement. So this is all about the Liberian women's um, activism around bringing peace to their country. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing movie, and it, it's easily found now on Netflix. Okay. But it was very simply, I was doing underlying research for that, and so began learning about the country, began learning about the history of actually African-Americans enslaving our own people on the continent in uh-huh. Liberia is deep. Wow. Through all that research, I learned more about the country, reading books, and so when I actually made that first trip, I was already able to connect with Lema Bowie, who was um, the um, lead activist, and some of the women from her um, organization, or the organization that they had together formed, Mm-hmm. And so able to just connect the dots from there. And so you, you meet one amazing activist, you meet another amazing activist, you need to meet another, I mean, if you're open to it, right? So I do have a lot of colleagues who either work for State Department or they work for another NGO or they work for another donor. Uh-huh. And I'm sure they always get as connected to community as some folks do, but I was a person that wanted to get connected to other communities. I was trying to understand and learn. Mm-hmm. And so in just trying to learn, I met a lot of amazing people. That's I, you awesome. know, the Ebola crisis. I, I, I tell people now that like, my grantees were better than BBC. The reporting that I was getting via text. Wow. From the ground, like I knew about there was one point in which in Liberia they had quarantined the community. I knew about it. I was walking down Fifth Avenue trying to grab a bite to eat. And a grantee texted me to say that they just, you know, they just shut down West Point. Wow. So yeah, I just told that long story to say is that it's really it, there's there's you know it's funny I love the word people love to use the word hack <laughs> and I like you can hack this and hack that yes. i.e. bypass all the work that has to be done there's some things you can't hack uh-huh right you can't hack trust right. You, you <laughs> can't hack trust and you can't hack your learning you can you know you can speed it up or expedite it. Yes, But sometimes, and, and that's the other thing too, is you can't have relationships, right? You can't exactly. Takes time. And it's, you know, I've been working there now since 2008, and I'm really fortunate that I have a lot of, I've, I've met some amazing grantee partners, I've met some amazing colleagues. Uh-huh. And a, colleague and I, a colleague from, actually, Lema, and a colleague, Selma Akior from Nigeria, and I just hosted a conversation back in April. Right, those are folks that I've met over the last fifteen years, and it takes fifteen. Yeah, it takes some time to build those relationships. So, well, yeah, they they always say that uh, you, that when 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 you suddenly get start getting recognition, they say you're a fifteen year overnight sensation. Exactly. <laughs> An overnight sensation, yeah, uh-huh. yes. yeah, whatever that is. No, no, I've been doing this for decades, and finally, <laughs> you, you get you get you get into the fruits of your labor or the recognition, I should say. Yeah. That's what, people think I want to be in philanthropy do you why exactly exactly why that's that's the thing yes yeah exactly because I think there is a there is a myth at philanthropy and don't get me wrong I don't think of giving away money as hard I don't actually like to use the word hard is it challenging can it be complicating especially across borders absolutely but I think the work that my grantee partners do in the field that's hard yes right I'm sure it's hard if you can't get to school without getting raped it's yeah. hard if you don't have any clean water to drink. It's oh. not hard for me to try to give away, figure out how to tr- strategically deploy money. That's right. So it, speaking of which, so, so, yeah, yeah. So Speaking of which, you you've touched upon issues. Looking at your your bio here, you've talked uh, you've um, dealt with issues such as uh, economic security, anti violence and safety, alternative energies, water, sanitation and hygiene, education, health, organizational sustainability management, which is Incredible. No, I just, I just, I love, I love what you're doing. I think it's, it's so important um, that that uh, a business like you exists, and and um, and I'm, 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 I'm very happy to meet you, honestly. And and thanks, thank, thank you, Twitter. <laughs> Isn't that something? Oh God, I know. I was thinking I, I was retweeting your article, and I was like, I was like, this is so amazing. Yes, it really, it really, it so really is. Color and mental health. I was like, hello. I'm what sorry. What did I didn't, you, what'd you say? I didn't hear that. Women of color and people of color doing the work around mind and wellness and body and the internal, likewise. And, and, <laughs> like, and, let's, and let's talk about that, because, and let's talk about that, because there's a certain level of consciousness that, is, that, I, that I think is, is, has been, is, is lacking. And, the, and I know some people they give, and they don't necessarily want to be advertising what they've done. So I'm not trying to criticize anybody. Yeah. But, I think, but I think there's a responsibility. I think, mm-hmm. I, think, I think, going back to the whole notion of love, I, I, it's, if, if, you've, if you've been able to ascend to a particular level, and again, you don't have to be rich, because I know, for example, my, my mother, she you know, she did well for herself, but she by no means was she rich. But before she passed away, I learned that she had financed the education of, of, of a few people. I didn't realize that she was doing that. That's amazing! It, it's, it's just beautiful, beautiful. And so I, I, I don't think, you, 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 if you look far enough, and long enough, you will always find somebody that has less than you do. And so it's, it's a matter of what can you do to help that person, whether it's buying them a meal, whether it's watching them in the supermarket, which I've done. And um, I'll share that. I, I sat down, I sat behind, a I stood behind a woman one time and she had to make a choice between diapers and toilet paper. Right. And so oh, I came to her and I said, I said, I go, what kind of choice is that? So I came to her and I said, you know, would you mind? I'd be happy to buy that for you. Exactly. And she goes, really? I said, absolutely. How do you make a choice between diapers and toilet paper? So, exactly. so let's, let's go back to, I want, I want, I'm sharing that because you, there's a level of consciousness that I think needs to be developed even more. And, and I'm sharing this too, and I'm, I'm so thrilled and proud of what LeBron James did recently with this high oh promise school. Can you talk about that? Because I, you know, I, I, I had to tweet, I, you know, I, I made up my piece on Facebook because he literally opened a school and mm-hmm. removed every potential barrier from the lives of those children, from the lives of, of, of those parents. And yeah. all those kids had to do, is, and the parents had to do, was focus on school. And the yeah. great equalizer is education. And I, I absolutely, I always liked him. I absolutely adore him now, even more so. I know. And I, and I, I love to hear him talk about it, I'm so glad that he's actually talking about it. And you can tell that it's actually, first of all, it's, again, right, it's it's core to him because he talks about why yes. he's done it. He talks about what it meant for him. He mm-hmm. talks about why, right? He understands that education is the great equalizer, right? Um, and the way that he set it up, right, it's holistic. It's not just a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, you know, it's so funny because, um I was at a conference a few years ago, NYU hosted uh, sports and uh, corporate social responsibility. And it was so, what I loved was that um, Derek Jeter's sister and father, I believe, still run his family's foundation. Hmm. And his sister accepted an award from them, from the school. But his father made a comment, they did a little video um, of the, you know, kind of as they introduced the awardee. And his father, what I respected is that his father is also a psychologist and he said, look, he's like, I'm not doing this unless you're serious. And mm-hmm. I was like, you right. Because this is actual work. There are human beings behind the work that you say you want to do. Yes. And so, you know, clearly their Jeter's family is approaching it that way. And so is LeBron James. And so it actually pains me because one of the things that the practice we focus on are, you know black donors donors from the african diaspora and then also celebrities and athletes and it's not about red carpet philanthropy it's about going deep right yes. lebron's is a perfect example of someone who's funding for the future he is actually funding the future actually. yes he right. is it's, generations exactly it's and that when you talk about change when you talk about generational change yes that's what that is so and, and and i think people it doesn't have to be super complicated because think about it he is when you think about what he's doing it's not complicated it's important but it's so core to right i don't know any parent who doesn't want their child to get a good education i don't know any parent who doesn't right. want their school to go to school i don't know any parent that doesn't want um even if they're like you know i was reading a doing my own professional development the other day and it was saying and, you know the the guy was saying be nice. He's like, people are doing the best they can where they are. And yes, I was like, okay, I have to remember that. Right? <laughs> and so, uh, no matter what tr- you know, drama a family has going on at home, I don't honestly think at their core they don't want their child to have a good education. Right? Right. The person buying, having to choose between food and diapers, price. I mean, it's like, no. And so LeBron is a perfect example of just doing the basics, but in a really great way. And so I just want people to know that there are examples, their resources um, that you can get and that's what I actually try to expose them. I don't like to keep my clients or my donors dumb. I don't believe mm-hmm. you know, because I think I'm I'm actually hopefully building your capacity to do this better because I won't always be here. Yes. And then if you know it well then it's something that you're passing on to your babies. That's right? right. That's awesome. So I don't like to keep my clients dumb and so I'm always you know giving them the tools that they need. Um, and the other thing, too, is, you know, you talked about responsibility. I think one of the important things that I've learned, especially in philanthropy, if you, right, there's a power dynamic between the donor and the person receiving the money. Yes. If donors are not honest with each other, it's very unlikely that the grantee, the person who needs the money to do the work and do it well, is going to tell you that, you know, you really shouldn't, we, we don't need that, actually. huh uh-huh. This is actually what we need, and we would actually love for you to fund this, right? I know you want to be able to tie your name to something, but that's just not even realistic because I know very few donors, even the the most wealthy in the world, cannot solve a problem because you can't, you know, a colleague of mine at the Women's Foundation, the New York Women's Foundation talks about we can't fund our way out of these problems because so many problems I are systemic. That's they're right. generational, yes, um, and they actually have nothing to do with money. They're about public or political will. That's right. So just, I, I don't want to bust your bubble, but your grant or your donation is not going to solve a problem all by itself. So stop trying to tie your name or whatever it is, right? Again, love of human being, not love of you, right? That's, oh, that's Uh huh. Say, 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 at- that, say, say that again. Right. So it's love of humankind, not love of you. Yes. Ma'am right and, and there are ways to you know to honor and recognize the family's legacy I can't remember if LeBron has name is school after himself or after the family's name it's called I promise okay so that's a perfect example of it doesn't have to be all about LeBron forever that's right so it's about it's about promise. It's about dreams yes but I mean whatever you choose to do if you want to put your name on it that's fine but as long as you fund it in a way that actually is going to bring about change and there's also we have a responsibility to call out the crazy when we see our colleagues doing it, right? So a grantee is not going to tell you, you know, we don't need the money for that. So if, but I can tell my client or my client can actually tell their other, you know, their friend or their colleague who is also a donor. I don't know if that's actually really, you might want to talk with them a little bit more, maybe find out exactly what it is that they need, Uh because it's not going to come from our grantees. We have to tell each other the truth. And it's actually right to much who, so much is given, much is respect is expected. It's a responsibility yeah. to, to to educate your, your your colleagues, your donor colleagues, I call them, mm-hmm. what actually works, and so I love that. I love that. And so and so you're also so you're speaking to you said you mentioned red carpet. You said red carpet giving. That's a um, <laughs> yes. That's a that's a term that's used in the sector. I'm sure there's some colleagues that will not appreciate that I said that. They'll they'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would, um, I can't. I'm. I'm me all day long, mm-hmm. but it's, and it's actually, I mean, it just means that, you know, folks are funding for recognition. That's, you know, yes. bottom line. Um, and, and obviously it's, you know, it's, it's with regard to, you know, folks of influence, celebrity or influence. Uh-huh. Um, they want to get their name out there. They want to um, reestablish, shall we say, a good persona, uh-huh. <laughs> fix a problem, if you uh-huh. will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Im- image, man- image management image management um and you know i think a perfect example actually and then this has gone viral so it's not like i'm telling anyone something that they don't already know i think one example was um black girls code um is this amazing organization that focuses on teaching black young black girls how to code yes um and uber made a grant to them and they were thank you but no thank you Really, a hard thing to do. Yes, that's a very difficult thing to do when you are trying to work on behalf of babies, uh-huh. especially brown and black babies in this country. Yeah, that's a very hard thing to do. I had a grantee turn down a hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant because a donor asked them to basically change what they were doing. They were happening to also be working with young people, and when she was explaining to us, you know, because I was. Coming from another foundation and they were you know we, we always talk about you know who else is funding you you know can we make some introductions yada yada yeah and so we were talking about this donor and they said yeah you know they that's not what our babies need and so they didn 't want to fund that and we had to tell them no but I, and that's I love that you run a nonprofit organization yes or you have you've been on the board of a nonprofit that's a very hard thing to do yes but again how, you, I mean if it 's well, not what you're Need is not what your babies need. Goes and, back and, to yeah. Finding out what the problem is. That's and right. And, and it's called integrity, and and and, and deciding. Exactly. You know what? No, no money is worth selling your soul. Exactly. So. There are two masters. Exactly. <laughs> and no so and so that's why I mean I think we as donors have a responsibility to talk to each other mm-hmm. about what works, what works better, um, because our you know the folks to whom we're trying to support, hopefully well, they, it's, it's just, it's, and everybody, you know, people ask the question of their grantees, but, you know, I always tell people, and this is old adage, it's not me, don't ask the question you don't want the answer to, right? right. Yes. <laughs> if you don't really want to know what you're doing wrong as a donor, then don't ask the question, because you can't get mad uh-huh. at the grantee for telling you the truth. We actually do this, I'm on the board of the New York Women's Foundation, and we actually ask this when grantee speakers come in, is we you know we think we're doing pretty good, but you know what? We can't. Nobody's perfect. So is yeah. there something? And I, I mean, I'm 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 happy to know that they can. They feel like they can say that to us. They is there be a guarantee? Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but it's. I think it's also important for us just to ask the question. Uh huh.
1: Um, and, and, and so I,
0: yeah. And I love the fact that you talked about that power dynamic because the thing is with me, like if you, if you if you make a donation or you you you're, you're, you're if you if you're giving me something, I understand your business, but I don't want to know that you're a business all the time. <laughs> is that, if that makes sense, exactly. like like don't 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 dangle the carrot, don't do the idle threats, the subtle threats, the subtle. because oh that is that? it's 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 like it's the money's not worth it in the end, and it just it takes away it takes out takes the joy out of the whole process. Exactly. Oh my gosh, and you know what you mentioned earlier about people of color in philanthropy and that, it's like, let me tell you something, and I'm just gonna be frank. Mm -hmm. White people are not the only crazy people in philanthropy. There are plenty of African-Americans and folks of color in philanthropy who are just as nuts. Of course. And I have (laughs) seen things and heard things that, because I'm a black woman and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like Uh what is going on in your head? Because that's how you responded. I will never forget, and actually, you know, karma is a bitch, as they say, sorry. young <laughs> activists. Um, And I don't want to say the organization. Young activists, I mean, just, I mean, these young people, organization of youth, just working hard, hard on immigrant rights. I mean, day and night. And we had a, a good friend of mine had a, a kind of a friend raiser. Mm -hmm. um to you know introduce people to the organization invite them kind of hear from the the founders and learn about them and so we were um she held it at our office so we were cleaning up afterward and so we were just kind of hanging out and talking and this young woman was on the phone kind of around in the reception area and so she came around she finished the phone call this was like 9 p.m at night eastern okay she finished the phone call and she came around and sat down and she just burst into tears she was so, first of all, exhausted just mm-hmm. by the word, And she was exhausted by the conversation that she was having with a donor who was calling her at 9 o'clock Eastern wow. because this is on the West Coast. I don't care yes. if your grantee is on the East. If you're on West, you call them at a decent hour. Respect. Right? You do unto others as you would, right? Yes. Do you want to work at 9 o'clock at night? When do you yep. sleep, right? So this young woman burst into tears. Come to find out, this was a... a you know, a, a colleague of color on the West Coast who was asking for yet another copy or another iteration, if you will, of the grant proposal that they had submitted. And it was a chunk of change. And so this young woman, the young E.D., was she was very hesitant to not follow through. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that story, I just got angry because I was like, this is not how this is supposed to work. Yes. This is not love of humankind. This is... Yes what is this i just didn't understand i don't know the full context so i will cut my colleague on the west coast some slack um because i don't know the full context but i know that this young woman is busting her behind every day on behalf of a community she's exhausted and she's tired Um, and they're like multiple you know the second third fourth whatever iteration of a grant proposal that's crazy on a topic that is so I don't understand what you don't understand about the topic. If this is an area, and this goes back to learning. Yes. If you're funding in this area and you don't understand something, I don't understand. I I don't, I don't, I don't, don't, if this is an area in which you're funding, Uh why don't you understand your own area of issue, right? Your area, your focus area. Now, it's one thing if, you know, the the proposal is is not well done, or they're missing some information, or it's not clear. But I didn't get clarity was the issue here. And actually, the the development director, this young woman's colleague was there, and she actually was kind of visibly angry because she was like, are you kidding me? I don't know what else we can tell them. Yeah, that's, yeah. And so it just, it really, really frustrated me. Of course. I won't say, um, fast forward, she has gotten a major award, and I just actually, I really did tweet out. Who has gotten a major award? The the, the ED or, or the? The co-founder okay. Okay. Go got a major award, and I don't want to say the award because then everyone will know who I'm talking okay, about. Okay. Uh-huh. But you know what, though? I really did tweet out. It's like, and, and it was actually about how we treat our grantee partners, uh-huh. and I treated, tweeted out the award, and I was like, kind of like how you like me now. It's like, because okay. you know Again, I mean, I'll, and I'll drive your listeners crazy with biblical references, nope. but, woman of, you know, woman of God, and I'm like, and I'm always telling my nephew, he's in college and plays college ball, no weapon formed against me will prosper, will prosper ever, So You know what, you can, you can try to hold me down, hold me back, but my God is way bigger than you. That's, that's why right. I tell people, it's like, it's very frustrating times right now, but you have to understand, what we're f- facing, this is evil. It's and celestial. also, and also, that God will set a table. For God will also <laughs> set a table for you in the presence of your enemies,
1: right? Yep.
0: You will right? yeah, be right there, so be aware. Long enough, be aware. There's divine justice. It always comes back. It Ooh. always happens, and it's beautiful when it happens. Isn't it, it beautiful? It's like it's beautiful. That's a whole. That's, that's a whole other show we can talk about. <laughs> Oh, but it's, I, 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 and that's why, you know, the vindication is, is not yours. And because you just, you just wait long enough. And those oh, people God. who have done you wrong, who have put their thumb on you, who have been oppressive, who have treated you badly, they recognize, you know what? I was wrong. And at the end of the day, when you, when you, when, when you go to sleep at night between when, and the, and the, 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 the room is dark and it's you, you and your God, you know exactly what you've done. I know. And that's. Exactly. That's I don't understand folks these days. But it comes, not, to, and it comes. Just, well, I just, yeah, I'm just. How can you? How can you? And it comes back to consciousness. How are you? You can't treat somebody badly in one area and be this wonderful person in another area. You have to be authentic, and and that's why the, the hypocrisy. It's, it, it kills me. And and not all money is good. And I'll tell you to to, to, to back to that story that you share with that with that lady. I've had clients, prospective clients, and if you're making me jump through hoops before we even sign a contract, I'm done. I'm not going to do it because I know the money won't be worth the crazy that I have to deal with. Yeah. Right? Start out how do you, start out the way you want to go. That exactly. is so true. A, a friend of mine shared that wisdom with me just the other day, and I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, that's, that's wisdom. <laughs> Absolutely. Start out the way you want to go. Yeah? Yes, it's very true. It's very true. Oh, my gosh. Well, it is it has it has been such a, a great pleasure to speak to you, Yvonne. And, yes, uh, <laughs> no doubt, we'll be we'll be talking a lot more. And uh, where can people find you? I know that you've already expressed interest uh, in, in, in speaking to, uh, in particular, like athletes, like you said, athletes, entertainers, ent- entertainers. Whoever uh, needs your help. Whoever, whoever needs your help. Yes. Uh, but but we, but we did identify that those two those two areas. Uh, From what we can see from the outside, though, that they actually have a high population of people with wealth who are not necessarily putting it to places where it can be very useful to other communities. So I think that'd be a great, Mm -hmm. a great great client pool to pull from, and uh, just anybody. I I think you're a delight, regardless, and I'm sure anybody can anybody can um, can benefit from from your um, your insight. Oh, thank you. And what I love what you just you said too as you said, you don't want to keep your clients dumb. And that's, that's huge. And that's selfless because many people in your position, they would choose to keep their clients dumb to keep themselves in business. But you are a person that thinks, you know what, I'm still going to get mine. And that's what I, I love that about you. And I hope everybody caught that yeah. because you know, you're the real deal and you are the person to go to. If you've got money to burn or you have an idea to do something, you are the person to go to. So, oh, thank you, Fiona. I appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure, Yvonne. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't just say things for the sake of saying things. You, you're, you're awesome. You're awesome. So can you tell the listeners again, what's the name of your, your, your um, organization? Yeah. The name of my firm is More Philanthropy, a play on my last name and a play on, right, giving more philanthropy. So M-O-O-R-E, More Philanthropy. And that's our address is morephilanthropy.com. And you can also find us at morephilanthropy.org. I just wanted to make sure just in case. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. I know I saw a crazy person with, and I think his last name is also Moore, and he kept creating things, and I was like, let me get my, let me, let me, because I don't want him to go more philanthropy. Yes. Him, anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I actually, I, you know, I credit my 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 mentors with. I wasn't going to use my name at first, and and a, and a mentor of mine, she's like, Yvonne. She said, you know, you're highly respected in the sector. She's like, I don't understand why your name is not in there, and I thought, oh, so Thank here you. we are. Well, you know, but, that's that's funny. We're 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 going off on a tangent, but I, I remember I seeing. Know. With uh, Susie Orman years ago, and she said that women are 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 less likely to use our names in our in our, in our businesses, whereas for men we just did just do it without even thinking about it. So that's why I put I put Poulton Consulting Group. Uh, use exactly. my name. And, and that goes back to, you know, we, we start thinking, okay, you know, there's nothing better than your name and your reputation. You, you're the face of your company or your firm, and I'm the face of my, of, of my, of my, of my business. Exactly. So why not? Why not, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, so gla- I'm so grateful for that wisdom. Yes. I'm so yes. Glad- grateful she told me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, more philanthropy. I think everybody should check it out for sure and to reach out to you. And again, it's been a pleasure, a pleasure to meet you. In- oh, my gosh. The feeling is so mutual. Thank you so much. So, so much. Thanks, Yvonne. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please reach out to Yvonne. Reach out to me. Also write a comment on uh, my iTunes page. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you. Have a great one. You too.